What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is, indeed it is. Hello. What's up, brother? Dude, where? Look at this and say, hey, you got something new going on here. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely, albeit sexy Kinston, North Carolina. It's hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. Wednesday, October the 11th in the year of the Lord, 2023. This is episode... 948 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. We've got another great show for you. You just heard him. is Mike, 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 Mike. Yeah, on that's, hump day. You know what? That's, that's good timing, isn't it? We do what we do, man. We do what we do. It's uh, Kinston's Renaissance Man, Michael Martin. We're going to get you ready for uh, tomorrow night's nationally televised ECU-SMU Showdown at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. We'll try to get some golf talk in here, too. Uh, you you want to talk a little baseball playoffs today, too? That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. Kind of depressing in this household, though, because of the first team knocked out of the divisional series. Is uh, Did you see Scotty Boy on your way in? I did. I did. I, uh, He's doing remarkably well. Well, yeah, he is. I was, I was surprised. But, yeah, it's like, huh, it's like it, you know, think about all the teams that didn't make yeah. it. And and given you know where his Orioles have been, mm-hmm. um, and it, I see some parallels. Um, certainly not talent wise. I think this team is more talented than than my Cubs were. But yeah, this team reminds me a lot of the 2014 Chicago Cubs team that made the playoffs and everyone was surprised yeah. that, you know, they were like, you know, we, you know, we thought next year would be their year. And I kind of feel the same way about this year's Orioles team. I mean, I, I think everyone knew that this was the trajectory. I think everyone knew that this was uh, a possibility, but I also think that no one saw the Yankees dropping off the way they did. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think that people looked at that. I mean, you look at how strong that division was with the Rays, the Orioles, and the um, and the Blue Jays, and you know, none of which are still around. But yeah, um, yeah I, I know you. We want to talk about this a little later, so maybe put a pin in it and, and get to it in a bit. But I, I think it's going to be a great uh, a great subject to chat about this morning. Oh, absolutely, man! And I'm telling you, uh, with the Rangers. That's who won. I mean, I, I felt bad for Scott, obviously. You know, we went to Baltimore Saturday for, sure. for yeah. uh, the game. And, man, just such a great atmosphere. And like I said, well, you're, you're absolutely right. Let's put a pin in it. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, man, but like I said, we're definitely going to talk some ECU, SMU. I think a pivotal game. I and I and uh, Yeah, I, in my opinion, it, it, it's uh, 
it's not as much a must win game as it is. It is really a, it's a must show up game. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This is a game that I, I mean they're a double digit uh, underdog um, at home. I mean I think. You know what? I haven't even looked it, at the line. Opened, What's the latest it line opened, you saw? It opened at eleven and a half, and I think now it's ten and a half. Um, but you know, it, for those, it, it, at one time there was sort of a built-in three-point edge for the home team. So that essentially means that it's back up to twelve. Okay, so that, yeah. so that eventually that basically means we're a two-touchdown underdog, mm-hmm. and. Um, that that's a it's it's a spread that we've got to cover, mm-hmm. um, and you know a win would be great. I I think that given the um, given the circumstances, I th- I think that's a big ask. Uh, I just think you know you've got to see signs of improvement. I looked this morning, and East Carolina University is ranked dead last through five games of the college football season with wide receiver productivity and offensive line productivity. And, you know, it, it, we want to, as fans, to blame all this on Mason Garcia or Alex Flynn, but, you know, Jalen Johnson has five drops through the first five games, he wow. had three of all three drops all of last season, and, and Josiah Hatfield has four drops. I think I read, and you know those were two guys that that we were really dependent upon. And, and Ryan Cahoon, I mean, a, another you know three you know stalwart position players that we really thought that we could depend on to help our our, our quarterbacks and their development. And then you know the, the they're under pressure you know pretty regularly, um, and and then you add you add to the mix and and this was something that I hadn't really thought about, but um I, it was actually a customer I was talking to at the dealership yesterday, uh, um he he brought up the fact that there were three offensive linemen that were dismissed from this team, mm. um. Due to a um, a fight that happened downtown, and he had was this in the off season? I guess yes. I, I yes don't yes. And this was a situation where um, th- this guy's son had been recruited to play quarterback at East Carolina by Scotty Montgomery, and um, and and chose to go play baseball elsewhere. But one of the offensive line was going to be his roommate. So he this this fella had a a a, um, a relationship with this young man, and um, there was a fight downtown. Uh, somebody you know jumped on one of their teammates. Three offensive linemen downtown. Now who in the world in downtown Greenville? <laughs> Clearly they were uh, inebriated, but um, but you know jumps on this guy and. You know, some language was used. Um, you know, some some language was used that shouldn't have been used. Um, I, I think there were, you know, some 
that racist phrases thrown oh, around. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, and Mike Houston comes out and was like, you know, we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to allow this. Good for him. Right. Yeah. Good for him. But at times, it, this was an opportunity to teach a kid the right way to behave, a, a right, you know, way to, to, um, yeah, this was a, a, an opportunity to allow a kid to grow and and still remain a part of your program, and you know, and and a kid who goes in there as a freshman who had come from a part of our state where language like that is used, you know, more frequently than it should be, and it should never be used anywhere. And you know, it's a it, it, to me it it's a difficult position <clears throat> for a coach to be in. Um, I'm not going to dispute that. And I think that, um, you know, if we're going to admire Mike Houston for taking a strong stance on discipline and for holding his kids to a certain standard, then you're going to have to understand that the repercussions of doing that sometimes means that the product on the field is not going to look like what you originally thought it was going to look like. And I wonder why that's not okay. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I wonder why that's not been brought up more because, I mean, I, I'm a peripheral fan. Heck, I'm a season ticket holder. I'm a peripheral sure, fan sure, of the Pirates. Sure. I don't remember. I'm even trying to search my memory banks. I don't – I really don't even remember that happening. I mean, well, I, yeah, vaguely. I mean, you know, you hear about this kind of stuff yeah. all the time, but I didn't realize they were valuable members of the team too, though. But, but Brian, <coughs> here's – here's, and this is, this is how I responded to yeah. – to that to the conversation i said you know man i said that's the difference between a team like east carolina and a team like the university of north carolina or nc state or you know that when you let three offensive linemen go and then when there's an issue with your starting five you're playing guys who had no business being on the field. I mean, depth is an important thing, particularly at a position like offensive line. Depth's an important thing at all positions, but especially offensive line where, you know, you're going to have guys due to, um, you know, the physical nature of the position. You're going to lose guys throughout the season to injuries. Um, you know, and, and, and this isn't, a statement saying those kids should have remained on the team. That's not what this no, is. No. This is a statement saying this might be an explanation as to why our offensive line has struggled. And, you know, and then when you look at the totality of where we are, I think from an offensive standpoint, the only bright spot thus far would have to be the the running backs i think our running backs have ran the ball well at times um and i think also you know our defense um i feel like uh we have uh our position players on offense yeah in terms of quarterbacks and wide receivers have struggled Mm -hmm. um and and you know we just talked as to why uh a potential reason as to why the the quarterbacks have struggled but Another thing that that he and I talked about, what well, you know, you have a game last year, you know, when you're playing Houston and you're getting smoked, and you leave Holt Nailers in there, 
you know, and you don't want to say it, but to potentially, you know, pad his numbers and and put up stats when one of those guys should have been behind center getting game experience. Yeah. Um, You're right, and we should have seen Garcia in that game or other, several others. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, and the point that I brought up was because our offense is incredibly stale. And um, that's about the nicest way I've heard it described in uh, in the well, past few weeks. It, the the way I would typically describe incredibly it, stale. The way okay. I would typically describe it is not you know is is not <laughs> to FCC be compared. Yeah, um, and you know, the fact of the matter is this: is Donnie Kirkpatrick is still in the position he's in because Mike Houston has allowed him to remain in that position. Donnie Kirkpatrick being our offensive coordinator and play caller. And, you know, and there again, Mike Houston also can say, hey, look, I don't agree with our offensive strategy and you either change the dynamic of our offense or there's going to be someone sitting in your seat. Um, That hasn't happened to this point, so it can only lead you to believe that that is a style of offense that that you know that he's good with and uh, you know one other thing that that has to be taken in, into consideration is you know his three previous jobs he was there for 3 years, 2 years, 3 years yeah. which means this he was doing it with someone else's recruits yeah um, and now, I've heard that theory, I've heard that theory and it's a, and I think it's an applicable theory too. And it, well, and here's where I think it, here's where I think it holds a lot of water is I think that he's a strong disciplinarian. I think that, um, I, I, I think he, um, I, I think he's hard on those guys. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if today's athlete um, responds as well as they should to that type of discipline, um, particularly in the uh, in in the um, transfer portal era. You know where if if I mean he comes down on your tail, and you're like, man, why am I going to do this when I can go play for somebody who you know is going to appreciate me? It's right. not going to be gonna so mean me a, to me. Going to make me a star. Yeah. And, you know, and so I think there are a lot of things at play. Um, I, I remain a huge fan of Mike Houston. I, I still think that he is a, a great coach and, and a coach that I'm not sure if he were to be let go that, that, you know, you're not going out and hiring Kirby Smart. You're not going out and hiring Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley, or Coach Prime. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Any of Lincoln those? Riley. You had Lincoln Riley, right? I mean, Lincoln Riley was never going to be the head football coach at East Carolina University. I well, mean, his trajectory is always higher, right? Correct. Yeah. And um, so you know, I I think that um, I think we've got a good football coach in place. I think that. We've got a lot of football season left to play. I think that there are, yeah, this is this is a time where you test the heart of the guys that are out there. I mean, this is this is gut check time, and um, and I think what you see from here forward, as I said, 
not necessarily in the cases of wins and losses. I don't know that this is a game that um, I, I think the difference in talent is, is going to be significant. But, you know, uh, another thing to look at is SMU's coming in with um, they're led by three transfers on defense, uh, linebacker from Temple, defensive back from Miami, and two 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 guys that play in the defensive backfield that were uh, transfer portal players, um, and you know skill position players on offense that transferred from TCU and Miami. Wow! So you know, and and that is the era that we live in. It's it's free agency and and amateur athletics, and you know, East Carolina University has to find a way to either capitalize on that transfer portal or, you know, or this is what you're going to be looking at. I mean, and, and, you know, with the, with, we always as ECU fans, you know, look at power five opportunities as the solution for our ills that you know man if we could just get in the acc if we could just get into this conference Good just get Lord, ass, you're conference. this bad in the aac what would you be and i'm talking about at this point in history yeah i really i'm with you i think mike houston has the ability to turn around he definitely has shown he can coach other people's players i'm waiting to see what he can do with his own players and it is frustrating i mean it is it is i mean this team again one in four they're going to very likely be one in five after tomorrow night. Uh, and then you, then what do you do after that? I mean, half your season is over. You're one in five. You essentially have to go five and one over the last six games to ha- get a bowl bid. I'm not, you know, and I know I've been preaching all year, you know, I saw the road to seven and five and I really did. Yeah, we both did. Yeah. We both did. And, but and, and I don't I still think... see, I still see it a six and six road. I really do. I think you yeah. beat Charlotte. I think you can beat U- UTSA. That's going to be a tough game in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Tulane's not a, you know, they're not awful. I mean, I, I don't know, man. How much, let me ask you this. Okay. Two-part question here, Mike. And, again, you're an ECU alum. You are, you've been here your whole life. I've only been here 20 years. What does this fan base do? It's a two-part question. What does the fan base do if this team finishes three and nine? Okay. That's number one. Number two, what does this team do? I mean, how many players, you're talking about transfer portal, they go three and nine. How many players of this 85 guys on the team do the Pirates end up losing to the transfer portal if they finish, let's say, three and nine, or God forbid, even two and ten or something like that? Yeah, I can very easily see, you know, 10 or 12 players enter the transfer portal. I think one of the two quarterbacks is going to definitely leave. Um, I think that the fan base will light their hair on fire and, you know, say this is the worst thing in the history of, you know, East Carolina athletics, and they would not be correct. I mean, there's been much worse situations over there in Greenville. The problem that you're going to run into, though, is um, is you're going to find out what type of athletic director you've gotten, John Gilbert. I mean, I think that um, – yeah, and East Carolina has been East Carolina has been hurt on 
several occasions by athletic directors. Um, <laughs> Jeff Comfer being again a very yeah. nice way to say what a lot but, of people were. But you know, this is um, th- this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where um, this is why you hire good men to make hard decisions. And as as fans. You've got to trust that the people that are in those positions are there to make the right decisions. You've also got to wonder at this point in the way uh, university leadership is put in place if we are becoming um, weaker is probably not the right word, but yeah, you, you begin to wonder if the the leadership that's in place is becoming victim of you know general society where you know the the solution is change for the sake of change rather than change for the sake of growth and um and and you hope that that that's not the type of people that are in place over in Greenville and time will tell um yeah i think it's a a unique time in 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 athletic and in, in collegiate athletics um yeah i've seen in recent days where the ncaa is you know trying to you know create some systematic change to the nil deal to allow uh more teams to be competitive um and i and i think that there again Everyone knows my opinion on the NCAA and, and it's typical NCAA reaction where it is, you know, we're going to respond. We're not going to make a decision up front. And, um, you know, and we'll, we'll just have to wait and see where it goes. Well, there you go. Uh, man, that was, a <laughs> that was a nice little, uh, thought there. Hey, Jimmy Smith is joining us in the second hour. He'll be uh, joining us on the uh, Spence Automotive guest line. We're going to break down all of uh, Friday night's games. Uh, I'm not going to be here Friday, so uh, that's why I wanted to have Coach Smith on. You're you're going out of town? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I know it's breaking news. Seems like I've heard that before. Yeah, breaking news. Yeah, there you go. Uh, We're going to see this little band. Have you ever heard of this band called U2? Me too. No, no, no. The band U2. Oh, yeah. I think it seems like I have heard of those guys. There you go. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but Coach Smith is going to join me in the uh, 8 o'clock hour. We're going to break down games. Uh, we're going to talk about football in Lenore County, too. Uh, he and I, we had a chance during the game broadcast this past Friday to talk about it, but we're going we're gonna to break some of that stuff down, too. Okay. Uh, uh, MLB playoff update. So we're going to get back. We're going to talk some more ECU here in a little bit. We're definitely going. Uh, uh, like I said, but, but other news before that though, uh, man, did you hear about Mary Lou Retton? Yeah, man. I, so, well, I, I heard that she's on life support. She, well, she's yeah. in intensive care. She's not breathing on her own right now. Yeah, which, that's uh, terrible, I mean, man. she's, they still see pneumonia. a road to recovery. Yeah. Pneumonia. Well, said it was a very rare form of pneumonia mm. and, uh, <laughs> I don't know, dude, how old are you? I am 46 years old. You so made me t- every week. Yeah, I you make me tell people how old I am, bro. It's fine. Well, you're eight years. Because well, I forget and I've got a bad I'm memory. You're eight you, years. That's all good. You're eight years younger than me. So this was in 1984. So how old were you in 1984? Is I'm my math is hard. Seven. Seven. 
Do you remember Mary Lou Retton in the Olympics that year? I don't. Okay. I don't. No. Well, I was in, I was 15 in uh, 1984, and I'm telling you, dude, she was America's sweetheart. Little four foot seven, four foot eight, little little pixie up there next to nothing yeah i mean doing these amazing things uh in the olympics and i'm telling you man the the country fell in love with her man she was just she was amazing and even since then you know you've seen her in commercials you've seen her and stuff and you always see that smile yeah you know and yeah. i i'm just heartbroken man uh, but i mean i looked it up just as we were going on the air today she does have a, a very rare form of pneumonia uh, she is not on life support. She's on, uh, but she can't breathe on her own right now. They've got uh, something helping her uh, breathe. And listen, I, I mean, I've got to admit, I'm probably not as much the praying kind as I need to be sometimes, man. But I'm telling you, dude, it's just, it's heartbreaking, man. I mean, yeah, man, it is. It's, it's, so, uh, so throw some prayers up there, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And uh, speaking of that, I really haven't talked that much about Junius. And this is, you know, as you've, been fond of saying i mean you you stepped I'm in sitting in his seat well and i and you and i appreciate that i do and i know the listeners do too that uh you've become a regular wednesday guy but uh, a little bit of bad news from there too that i need to uh i don't know if i really said anything about it i've had a couple people hit me but it's just he's taking a couple of steps back um uh, he uh i guess the well not guess but uh the mass is growing again in his brain and uh, they have decided to, uh, beginning October 18th, which is a week from today, he's going to be in Chapel Hill for six weeks. And uh, he's going to have, I, I don't know how, I don't know if it's going to be daily, but it's, he's going to be put on a radiation uh, uh, therapy, I guess, whatever, however you want to call it. And uh, they're going to try to reduce the size of it with radiation. But having, but talking to, but messaging with his mom, uh, she's uh, understandably. I mean, she's, she's pretty sad and, uh, as positive as she's been throughout this whole thing. And I'm not saying she's lost positivity at all because she is not, but it's also a different, I, you know, and, and again, not having any kids and, but just loving Junius the way that I do, this is a, uh, it's pretty, it's not good news, Mike. And I mean, I guess that's the main thing. I, and that's one thing I'm never going to be that person that's going to try to blow sunshine up somebody's behind and you know try to make something sound better than it is i mean he he needs our prayers i guess is a the way to put it i mean and i know he means a lot to you he means a lot to me he means a lot to everybody in this community and uh again uh i don't know i just felt like uh this i've i've waited a couple of days i've been kind of down about it the, the last couple of days and i thought i'd just wait till you came on to talk about it but that's where we stand with junius right now mike well you know it, it's um it, it's a difficult thing to hear um it is um but you know it, but you've got to maintain some sort of um optimism and 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 hope that that the outcome is is better than you know probably is being prognosticated but um i will say this i and and i think you will echo what i say um, there probably has never been anyone in this area that has done more with less resources oh, than, than Junius did because, yeah, and, and he and I talked a bit 
about the the hard times that he faced and there's no point in rehashing those things but um you know it, this is a young man who who had 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 some dark moments in his life and and this is a young man who the deck was stacked against i mean you know he had a great opportunity with you at the free press and um and and, and did a wonderful job there did a fantastic but, job but um but subsequently um had some opportunities that probably should have resulted in in better results for him than than what he received um some uh you know some unfortunate missteps and rather than you know taking his ball and going home he doubled down put his head down and worked his tail off to to make a difference in 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 sports coverage in a hyper local media um perspective and 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 he originated that mm-hmm. um and yeah you know, i I only hope that long term he'll get the the credit that he deserves. Um, I'll tell you what, and I'm going to interrupt you there to say this: that I, uh, you know, I appreciate him, and I've tried to tell everybody, and this is even before, way before he was, he got sick. I mean, I anybody that would listen to me, Mike, I would tell him that. Uh, I think, and, and I'm listen. I, I'm I'm a cocky son of a gun, and you know this. And I mean, I'm I'm a probably a little bit more prideful than I need to be sometimes, but. Uh, I felt like when I got here in 2002, I raised the level of sports coverage. Not, and, 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 again, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I'm just saying I was given a good boss, though, and Pat Holmes, who you know very well, I Patrick did. Holmes. And yep. Patrick turned me loose, and I had these visions of what I wanted to do, and Patrick never said no to anything, you know? Yeah. I mean, he really did And I'm talking finances. I'm talking uh, uh, different ways. I mean, Patrick let me do what I want to do. And we took the level of sports coverage up a notch and a couple of notches here when I got here, then, uh, you know, I got, I went over to the news side, I hired a couple of people and then Junius came in and you, <laughs> and again, it's God, I'm going to sound like I'm patting myself on the back here, but I could just tell with Junius, he was different, dude. I mean, he was, yeah. he loved high school sports. The kids, love, in fact, right now, as we are talking nicole waters the head volleyball coach at uh at aiden grifton former three sports star at south lenore now over uh aiden grifton is messaging with me asking about him and I, I guess she's listening right now and they loved him i mean they just absolutely loved him because he was real he wasn't fake he wasn't this guy like hey i'm gonna do all this stuff right. and then not do it he actually did everything he said he was gonna do so i say all that to say this as cocky as i am and i and I'm a pretty damn good person. Junius blew me away. Right. And I mean, and for me to say that, dude, Junius was. Uh, is. Uh, is. Yes. J- thank you. Thank you. Junius is uh, a much better reporter than I am. He has a much better rapport with the coaches and players than I ever had. And I had a really good one. Junius is just an amazing person. And it's like you said, and I, I'm so glad that you said that, Mike. He deserves all the love. He deserves all the flowers. He deserves everything, man, because he he's a hell of a reporter. Well, in and in, in an area like this, and in a community like ours, young people need praise. Um, young people need 
to know that people care and for and particularly and, and there, I'm, there are young women out there that are going to bash me for what I'm about to say, but particularly young men need role models, need um, need men of character that show interest um, in in their lives. And I, I think that you know, Junius was a critical component in the lives of young men in this community um, and women, obviously. But um, you know. And he he showed interest and in, in a genuine interest. You know, young people are not um, young people are not foolish. Young people, oh, rec- they can tell who's real and who's not right. Real. Yeah, and, um, and and thank goodness that that we got to enjoy Junius's work for the time we have up until this point, and we look forward to when he's back on the beat here, and uh, and, and serving our community and filling my seat and God knows our listeners look forward to that day. Cause I know they're about tired of my, my antics, but, oh, uh, dude, but you know, but it's, um, but yeah, it, it's great to be on here celebrating, you know, Junius is, is life up to this point because too often, you know, we, we don't take the time to celebrate people who have had an impact on our lives until it's too late and uh you know so i i hope that uh his family and and uh and all those that have loved and appreciated what he's done to this point uh hear this and and know the amount of respect and, and gratitude i have for what he's done and and we look forward to to the days when he's back here in kinston uh covering covering athletics amen and that's another one of the things i've tried to communicate his parents aren't very uh so neither one of them are on social media they've got people at their church that'll show you know him what uh but that's like a once a week kind of thing but if there's one thing i've tried to communicate to him mike is that listen he is beloved here he is an icon here he is truly an icon in the kinson lenore county green county jones county Pitt County area, and it's something that they didn't get to see a whole lot because even though they live in Fayetteville, there's just that amount of disconnect between. And he's not the kind of person that brags on himself and pats right. himself on the back. And, and well, I know. Some, of the, some of the stuff that I've told them, he should have told. I mean, like winning awards and all this kind of stuff. And and he's just so humble. I mean, he just he you know just didn't think it was important to tell his parents. Well, I I I think that 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 I know you're heavily involved in it and we talked with with Corey Pavar last week about it, but there's a, a place in the Kensal Lenore County Sports Hall of Fame for that young man and um I look forward to seeing him accepting that uh honor in person someday. So Absolutely. Well anyway, like I said, uh keep your prayers going folks, uh for Junius. Uh he needs them. And and that's just a way to say it he yeah. needs him he's in a position where he absolutely needs him if you feel like you would like to help the family uh you can go to my twitter feed you can go to my facebook page i've got it pinned at the top of both of them and uh you can help out there okay uh i've got a question for i'll tell you i've got to thank a couple of sponsors here we've gone this long and i haven't even thanked our sponsors yet and i've got to thank you to uh, lenore community college they are the title sponsor of the brian hanks show 
for more than tip. By the way, get ready. You got a question here from Forrest Dawson about the LIV tour. Uh, get oh, ready to come up here in a little bit. So let's uh, we'll be we'll get to that here in a moment. But again, thank you for 65 years. LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kinston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. And thank you to Richie Honeycutt. Thank you to uh, all the folks over at Lenore Community College. And uh, need to just throw a special uh, thoughts and Dude, I'm not trying to be down at all, but uh, uh, Jeannie Kennedy lost, uh, I believe she lost her mother uh, a couple of days ago and just found out about that yesterday and just sending love over to her. She's been a guest here on this show. I consider her a friend. Uh, Man, if you uh, have ever done the LaGrange Parade, you know, she's one of the organizers of that. Uh, Not only that, I mean, she runs the uh, LCC Foundation, has done a tremendous job with that, and she's had... Uh, personally, uh, some things in her life in the last few years that have been tough. And here's the thing, Mike. I mean, now, yes, I'm talking specifically about Jeannie Kennedy. Always a smile on her face. Well, you so, know, always a big old hug. She's taller than you and I. Yes. And, you know, and she gives just those great hugs. And it's just always a fount of positivity. Yeah. And even with... You wouldn't even know she's been going through these tough times in the past couple of years with uh, just some familial situations. And and I, I'm telling you, dude, we need more people like that, dude. We absolutely need more people like that. Uh, I know that uh, News News, uh, Christy uh, Kelly did a, a very nice story uh, yesterday on, uh, on uh, April Houston. And she's another one of those people that are just so amazing and just such an amazing person. But back to Jeannie, just prayers for her, uh, throw those up for her also, because she's going through a tough time losing a family member right now. Well, it's, uh, it's funny that you, that you talked about her greeting you with a hug. So, um, we talked last, uh, last week about us going to see the little mermaid and, um, (laughs) Jeannie was uh, at the the ticket office when I when my family and I came in and um, she was grinning from ear to ear and um, you know helped us and and um, just wonderful and uh, you know our, our my, my thoughts and prayers yeah. are with her as well during a difficult time. So, well, I mean, I started this out with an LCC read, but thank you to LCC for being the title sponsor of the Brian Hanks show. And again, uh, thank you to everybody over there and to all our day one sponsors, them UNC Lenore healthcare, Goeco office automation, uh, Spence automotive, uh, who I've been messaging with. Spence has been messaging with me while we've been talking here this morning too. Thank you, dude. Uh, to Woodman Life, to Arendel Parrot Academy. Those are all our day ones, and then all our other sponsors, too. Uh, Elite Land Management, Chris Hatcher. You know him, right? He's a, he's a legend. <laughs> there you go. Down East Protection Systems, uh, King's Restaurant, the Kinston Police Department, Davis Wholesale Tire, Mills International, Rillo Discount Drugs, Lenore County Public Schools, uh, Lenore Tire and Appliance, and Last but definitely not least, the Down East Wood Ducks. We appreciate every single one of our sponsors. They are incredible. Okay, how about this question to you 
from Forrest Dawson. Uh, he said, good morning. Ask Mike about LIV golf, not getting official world golf ranking points. I guess, uh, ask you about that. And what are your thoughts on that? Do you think they should get them? Um, hmm. uh, first, yeah, I, I am surprised. I'm, I'm a little shocked because I do think that, um, it was alluded when, uh, they, um, when, when the PGA tour accepted the PIF money, uh, from the Saudi investment group, um, it was alluded that that was one of the, um, one of the benefits that would result from this was that, uh, live players would, would, would receive world ranking points. Um, okay for okay let me ask you this for the novice like myself and i'm i know you and mr dawson and uh john marshall and all you golf nerds sorry i didn't mean to call you a golf nerd but you know all you guys that are a lot more yeah, into golf than sure. the, what does this mean i mean what so okay well, so yeah, this break, is, break that down for us for folks who don't know the details of that so world ranking points um so you can't be the number one player in the world if you're not a part of the world ranking points um I would venture to say that maybe Brooks Kapka was the only player at this point that would potentially uh, be able to 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 reach that claim just because of the success that he has in in majors on the PGA Tour. Um, I think that. Um, it's also used to determine who's going to be a member of um, international team competitions, President's Cup, Ryder Cup. Um, it was documented that uh, there were no members of the Live Tour on the European team. Um, and, uh, you know, Brooks Kapka was the only member, but he, he essentially earned it on, on you know, with his rankings on tour. Um, but, um, but I am surprised. Um, I don't have, I'm not sympathetic to it. I don't, um, I, I think that when the players that left the PGA tour to join the live tour knew that there were not world ranking points, um, in place at that point, um, I think that they thought that the weight of the players leaving, um, and, and there were some big name players that left. I mean, Patrick Reed, Ian Poulter, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, Phil Mickelson. Um, but if you look at all of those players, um, they were either on the back nine of their career. Aha, uh, you like that? Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but the, the, there wasn't a lot of upward trajectory for most of those players. Um, with, with only a couple of exceptions. Um, who's the guy from, uh, Greenville from ECU, Harold Varner, the third, he's one of the ones that's sort of on the rise. Right. And, and well, I, I didn't mean, here I go interrupt yeah, you right no, now. No, 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 no. And, and Harold Varner's career, it, uh, yeah, he was a guy that I, I, 
I think everyone thought that he was going to win a, some tournaments eventually. He has won a tournament on the Live Tour. He won um, a tournament in Saudi Arabia, I think, um, an international tournament. Yeah. He's he's not. He never won on the PGA Tour. He came close several times. In fact, he came close uh, in, in in a couple of majors. Um, there are a lot of people that questioned as to whether he had the what it would take to get over the hump and, and be a major champion. Um, but I think he would have had a long and productive PGA Tour career. Um, and, and yeah, he chose to he chose to take the money up front. And yeah, I, I've said on this show, I don't begrudge him for that because he was honest and upfront about what he was doing. I mean, one of the rare ones, one of the incredibly rare ones. <laughs> um, and, um, and, and, and so it's, um, yeah, but to answer his question, I'm surprised, but I am not disappointed or, you know, or, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fine with the decision that was made, um, and and the reason being is, yeah, you know, I don't think that the competition is in place to justify it at this point, um, and it, yeah, it, there are a lot of differences. They're playing their tournaments are three day tournaments instead of four day tournaments, um, and so you can't change the the game and expect to still be recognized as being a part of, of the same competition that everyone else is doing. Yeah. It's like saying, um, you know, if the American league played seven inning games, the national league played nine inning games. And that's a good comparison. And, and yeah, Or, or even better. A football league that only plays three quarters three instead quarters. of four right. quarters. Right, yeah. and you know, and so you know, the defense would be all-time defenses if you're only playing three quarters. So, do you recognize those defenses as being the greatest defenses of all time, even though you played twenty-five percent less than every other defense in the history of the NFL? Yeah. Um, yeah so. It, it, and, and and it's not a surprise to anyone that I I do not I've never been a supporter of the live golf I um I think that it was an underhanded attempt to um to find to find their way in professional sports and I think that 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 the Saudi investors have have accomplished what they set out to do. They, they wanted to be impactful in a major professional sport. Um, they've already been very successful in, in, in getting, um, involved in soccer and, you know, now they, they've done it in, in professional golf. Um, I don't think that their intentions initially were ever to be, were ever to create another professional golf league. I think they set out to become a part of the PGA tour. And when it didn't, um, 
didn't yield what their original intent was, I think that they were like, oh, yeah, well, how about this? We're going to take some of your players. I think that they thought that they would get more of them. And, um, and, and you know, so those guys who – who made that choice uh, to leave the PGA tour or the DP um, European tour. Um, you know, it, you, you can't have it all. You know, you can't choose to take that bag and get the cake too. Like, what well, do you think part of it is that, uh, and again, that voice list through Mike Martin here on uh, Wednesday on the Brian Hanks show is we're now talking a little LIV golf right now. Live golf, L-I-V, however you say it. And, uh, but did they not know when, you know, and I, I don't want to hear anybody, not that, again, I'm not as deep in this as you and Mr. Dawson and your golf friends, but to me, you traded out an opportunity to be in the world golf rankings yeah. when you took that bag of cash. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, precisely what I said. I mean, yeah, yeah. you had to know that, and do I think that, the arrogance of many of the people that left the PGA tour or the European tour to go this route. Do I think that they were arrogant enough to think that they would be able to sway how the game worked? Yes, I do. And Phil Mickelson is the poacher child for that. Um, and you know, if there were going to be a duet, it would be he and Greg Norman. Um, Greg Norman always had an angst. He always had an axe to grind with the PGA Tour for whatever reason. And whether it's justified or not, you know. But, um, yeah, it was a personal vendetta, you know, by Greg Norman. He found himself um, in the good fortunes of of being involved with, you know, the, the PIF Saudi investment group and set out to um create turmoil and hopefully you know i I think that he thought that collectively his reputation in the game of golf and their money could you know potentially end the pga tour as as we know it maybe how, okay, which leads to a good question. How much damage, you being the golf insider and the golf guy that you are, tangibly, how much damage did live, which is, I guess they're going to be combining together in the next couple of years or whatever, how, whatever yeah. that's going to happen. How much tangibly did live golf do to PGA? How much damage did they do to PGA? I, yeah, I don't think they did as much damage as they set out to do. No, 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 no. That's and, not the question well, I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. Tangibly, how much did they do? Not what they thought they were going to do, what they all 10%. That kind of stuff. 10%. Okay. 10%. Okay. Maybe. I don't even know that it was that much. Um, I actually think that subversively, it may have benefited the PGA Tour in some regard because it, it gained exposure they were the pga tour was talked about much more than it would have otherwise yeah um and and in a different format um but i do think that um i'd say 10 percent. i mean that because they did the pga tour lost some recognizable names in terms of you know dustin johnson brooks kapka you know phil mickelson for what he is 
Um, <laughs> Which I've got to interrupt you again, dude. You're not a big Phil Mickelson guy. I'm not. Yeah, so I'm I, this not. is when I kind of wish we were a video uh, which maybe we will one day, but every time you say Phil Mickelson, Mike, uh, I don't like you. your 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 face takes well, on a paint. I'm not joking. You, you, okay, you said you know Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kapka, and Phil Mickelson. <laughs> Precisely, <laughs> and 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 I'm going to give you a little insight on that. And I've I have the good fortune of hearing um, John McGinnis, who uh, is an East Carolina alumni who played on the PGA Tour, and now is a um, he he's Sirius XM um, PGA Tour Radio. He has a regular show and and does a lot of uh, a lot of um, course reporting for for the Golf Channel and other things. But I I heard him speak and yeah. You know, for those of you that that are not huge golf fans, Phil Mickelson when he came on tour was. Um, Incredibly arrogant, incredibly um, talented, um, but you know, and he played the game a little differently. He was more aggressive and so on. But um, Phil Mickelson, his his wife got cancer, yeah, and um, and he really capitalized on that to change his image. In terms of, and, and I mean, and and she recovered, and and yeah. and she's healthy, and that's great, and you know, but um, it, that really rehabilitated his image tremendously. But I remember John McGinnis saying, and I mean, he said it. He said um, before his wife got sick, there weren't three members of the tour in the locker room that would have urinated him on him if he was on fire. <laughs> um, Forrest Dawson just said, Phil, four words, Phil Mickelson. Well, first he said is sleeve, but then he said sleaze. So, yeah. uh, his, sleeve, his sleeves were short too. So, <laughs> his sleeves were short too. <laughs> but, but said he is sleeves. Here's the thing though. Again, me being a peripheral fan, I'm a major, you and I've talked about this. Sure. I, yeah. well, I'm a majors fan. I did watch three or four hours of the Ryder cup. Thanks to you yeah. a couple of weeks ago, but Phil Mickelson to me, just a peripheral fan has always been, man, he's, he's a good guy. He's an American. He's lefty, you know right. I mean? And, and probably by the time. You know, you know, he, he was Tiger's big rival, you know, I mean, that's right. And, and look, and, and let's not confuse the fact that, you know, Tiger Woods was not, is not a good person either. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> know, and, and, but, you know, Phil Mickelson, um, <laughs> is just, he's just, a, a a guy who, who was, um, he was not engaging with other players. He was not a guy who, um. Who had you know? Who was gonna have a ton of friends in the locker room? And yeah, and that's the way some people are, and that's okay. I mean, you know, it, it's not a popularity contest, but um, you know, and and I think with the choices that he made, he has not done anything to benefit his um. Yeah, his future in golf. I mean, yeah, he was going to be probably, he probably would have been the Ryder Cup captain in uh, at Beth Page. Wow. I mean, I, I, I think he would have been either Beth Page or Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, you know, 
that's not going to happen, I don't think. And, and you know, and I uh, – and then with all the things that have – so, and then by making that choice, he opened himself up to um, to attack and, and there's been – a book written about his gambling debts and I mean and and they were and we're not talking thousands of dollars no, here. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there was some you know, tens of millions of dollars, um, if not more. And um you know, so he he was not a he was not a particularly popular player in the beginning um through his success on the course and you know and and being outspoken about his wife's health um he he became popular uh and it, but like i said mike to joe blow and i consider myself joe blow i mean i'm a sports yeah. fan as you know i mean of all sports golf is probably number seven or number eight on my list but again i'm a majors guy I watch the majors mm-hmm. I'd always thought, I'm just telling you, I'd always say, and I know it's going to be periphery. a shock to you and to yeah. Mr. Dawson, but I always thought, man, Phil Mickelson, he's always got that smile, you know, he's, you know, he's, again, he's lefty, you know, I mean, yeah. he's a, a an American golf leader and all this, and what's really come out in the past few years, especially with the live stuff. Because he was a greedy SOB. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, and then the gambling thing, too, I, t- I listen to this guy named Steve Zabin, I think, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about him before. I listen to daily. Uh, he's got a podcast. He used to be up in D.C. He's now in uh, Minneapolis. And uh, he hates him, too. And it's just, but it's really come out like in the past few years, like the last three or four years, not 10 years ago, because I, you know, like I said, he was, you know, this American hero and all this. He was Tiger's rival. And I just, I never knew any of this nah. stuff. Well, and I mean, and now, I now think, did you know this ten years ago? Do you know what a slime ball and as Mister uh, Dawson said, a sleaze? Yeah, uh, you know, I did. Know okay, that it, well, but I follow golf a lot more closely than yeah. most people do. But, um, but I also think that you know, th- there's going to be a certain amount of, you know, there was you were either a Phil guy or a Tiger guy. Yeah, and and so there was that division, and then. Um, and then he's taking care of any other division that, that people might have on his own. Um, yeah, my buddy Scott Eldon is a huge Phil Mickelson fan and I really, you know, (laughs) I don't, I've never understood it. Uh, because I mean, I just don't see the redeemable qualities, um, in any way, but, um, but I mean, he's not alone. I mean, Phil Mickelson is not alone in being a dartbag. I mean, there are plenty of <laughs> you know scumbags in professional sports, yeah. and um, he's not the first, nor will he be the last. And uh, yeah, but and and I'm sure that what, what it ends up being his legacy. Cut to the chase. What what ends up being Phil? Okay, because he's going to be he's going to be he's going to be out of golf in 15 years. He's going to be the guy that could have been. I mean, okay. he is the guy that could have been, and and. Yeah, I think that um, that you know he's not going to transition into a role in television because of the choices he's made. I mean, he's a guy that when his career is done, yeah, there's not going to be a lot said or talked about him because he won't be relevant. You know, you got a guy like Paul Azinger who had a great career and, and Phil Mickelson was clearly a better player than Paul Azinger. And, and let me, I'm not a fan of him either because yeah, his, 
his commentary is not something that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, but you know, or Johnny Miller's a better example. You know, Johnny Miller remained relevant because he transitioned from being a player to a commentator. And so, and Johnny Miller would tell you every chance he got about all the great things he did on the golf course. <laughs> and, you know, Phil Mickelson's not going to get that opportunity. Um, yeah, nor, uh, you know, I, I don't think Tiger will either. I mean, Tiger's getting involved in this virtual golf thing whatever that's going to be and um but you know it's um i i think yeah it's going to be what could have been and i and i think that he will yeah he's going to fall out of public regard faster than most players who've had as successful a career as he had because of the choices he's made to align himself with things that are not the PGA Tour. Well, I would agree with you on that. Well, Mike, uh, we didn't get around to MLB, but I do want to uh, get a pro- an official prediction from you. We talked to ECU, SMU earlier in the hour. We're already in it, our second hour now. But uh, official prediction, uh, EC, other than the great tailgate that we know Danny Rice is going to have tomorrow, which I'm very, very excited about, uh, your official prediction, ECU, SMU tomorrow night. I'm going to say, uh, 35 to 21 Southern bad guys, whatever those guys. So are. you say they're going to, they're going to beat the spread. Well, I think the spread is right around four. Yeah. No, it's 12. 12. It's 12. Yeah, so no, I that's think... good. 35, 21. That's a, I think you think ECU can score 21 points. How many of that's defensive? What uh, one defensive touchdown, two defensive touchdowns? Yeah, it's <coughs> it's it's hard to anticipate how that'll how they'll get to twenty one. But yeah, that's uh, that's that's hope. There you go, Mike Martin. Always a pleasure, my man. Absolutely. Oh, hey, hey, quick, quick, quick. Uh, yeah, I, I hate it for Scott, but oh, yeah, Bruce Bochy has got to be one of the most underrated and underappreciated managers in professional baseball history. I mean, three World Series championships took the Padres to a fourth, and, and what he's doing as the manager of the Texas Rangers. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there real I quick. Know. Uh, I, I, I got to tell you, man, we had so much fun out there Saturday, and you're right, he has done a good job. But people need to remember, too, the Rangers, and hey, we're a Rangers affiliate right here in Kinston, but uh, the Rangers spent a half billion dollars yeah. on their infield in the offseason. So it's not like this is a team that, you know, there's a, there's three Woodies that are playing for. Uh, Leody Tavares. Yeah, Leody, who is uh, doing well, and then there's a couple of pitchers too, I think. Anyway, uh, Mr. Cle- uh, Mr. Clemens will let me know. Believe me, he'll correct me if I'm wrong there. As well, he should. But it was, as well, he should. But it was good to see Rags out there. You know, yeah. Ragsdale yeah, coaching first, first base. base. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that was a lot of fun, too. But uh, so 35-21 tomorrow. You you going to the game? I don't think so. I've got some family what? obligations. I've got some family obligations. Uh, and that is that more probably going to yeah. limit me. But, um, but yeah. Well, so. if you do, come by the tailgate, okay? You know I will. Because, you know I will. Uh, uh, man, Danny's got it. I mean, dude, the list of food was about 13 or 14 items. So uh, Wow. And I'm bringing slaw. Woo! I'm Man, not making slow. I'm just picking say, up slow. I was no. say, you have a secret recipe that I need to know. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have a secret recipe called cash there that will go and uh, pick up the slaw for more, him. But, more, uh, more slay than slaw. <laughs> more slay than slaw. Dude, 
Thank you so much. Hey, we're uh, after tomorrow. We're off until Wednesday because I'm taking off Friday, obviously, and then Monday and Tuesday. So You're you'll be my first. Off? <laughs> I know, right? So we'll be back. So my first day back will be your first day, or be our your next day on the show. So, so I need to. So we, I need to brace myself for uh, your recollections. A lot of YouTube <laughs> talk, man. I'm getting a tattoo. Did I tell you that? I heard. I heard. Yeah, I heard. I'm getting a YouTube tattoo. At sleeve. No, 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 no. Just sleeve, fact, not sleeves. <laughs> yeah, probably just YouTube. Hey, dude. Thank you so much. Okay. All right, brother. Be good. That's Mike Martin. Uh, as we wrap up our first hour coming up here in just a few moments. In fact, you can hear from coach Jimmy Smith, uh, as we get ready to preview all of Friday night's games here on the Brian Hanks show presented by LCC.